Ok, well, Planta, bonjour, buenos dias, Sabah Khalkhir, Sarah Caveney is with me here from St. Gladys Bargoid School, and St. Gladys is one of our lead multilingualism schools here in the EAS. So, Diolch and Fawr, merci beaucoup, Sarah, for joining me here today. Planta, lovely to be here, thank you, merci beaucoup. So, um, I know that a lot of schools are starting out on their international languages journey. So today we just, um, you know, we went on a fact finding mission with you really to, mm -hmm. to find out what you've done sort of in the past um, and to have a chat about how international languages are, are developing in your school. So um, first question really, Sarah, what languages are you providing in your school at St Gladys? Well, predominantly we um, focused on on Welsh, obviously, um, and then um, it evolved more. But we've always been quite fortunate to have a staff that have embraced languages. So we've always promoted lots of different languages informally. And that's certainly our approach to uh, the curriculum is through children hearing the language and engaging with the language as members of staff might greet them in the morning. So we've definitely moved on from that. So um, we actually have lots of different languages being spoken in, say, a, a morning message to the children in a greeting. So it could be French or Spanish or German, you know, any any language that maybe takes the children's interest or links in with their learning, particularly in terms of those informal greetings. Um, but then we've taken a little bit further We've adopted French as a more of a main language to learn in Key Stage 2, uh, simply for the reason that our feeder secondary school, uh, that's the language that they uh, deliver there. So we wanted to prepare our learners and hopefully give them a really good grounding in the French language before going up to secondary school. Oh, that, that sounds brilliant because um, you know, as we know in, in the curriculum for Wales, it's about broadening their horizon and opening those doors and, um, you know, getting them exposed, interested, enthused and curious about languages. And then um, as they move towards, you know, years five and six and that transition element, um, it it's, it's, sounds as if you're really working with your high school to to get that transition in place. Yeah, so, um, certainly the case for us. We, we're certainly not about the language provision we offer is not about strict language lessons as such, but about that culture and exposing them to a range of languages from really early on, from nursery reception, you know, really getting them to enjoy hearing different languages and they find the fun in that and experiment with languages. Um, and we've always been quite strong on that as a school in terms of, you know, just um, developing vocabulary. So our very youngest learners would would know words like resilience and ethical. You know, we don't we don't shy away from new vocabulary with them in the English language. And so it's very much a part of our our culture. And then, as you say, we're fortunate that more recently with the introduction of the new curriculum, we've developed good links with our feeder secondary school and so we have then strengthened that element in terms of the French language learning. Oh that sounds really good and have you done any sort of professional learning yourself in, in any of these languages because I think 
you know, that, that's, that's what some um, sort of uh, teachers or primary schools may fear is that it's the expectation. But um, was it your expectation in the beginning that, oh, my gosh, some, uh, you know, I've got to suddenly become a, a specialist language teacher when that's not the case? I mean, what's been your experience, Sarah, and perhaps your personal um, journey towards language learning? Yeah, I mean, I think it is one of the challenges um, in terms of um, people embracing the new curriculum for Wales with, with the language learning is, you know, the fact that staff may feel a little bit underconfident, they may feel um, a little bit threatened by it, that they don't have that background and experience. Um, and I think it is just a case of them understanding that they need it. It's not that they need to be fluent speakers in a language, but that if they can just expose them to, you know, and learn with the children, which is very much a culture that we like to encourage, you know, that we are all learners. And um, and as part of that, as the LMC lead, I have conducted some professional learning last year. I actually enrolled onto the Open University course, um, which was fantastic, which was a distance learning course for French. And although I did it at GCSE, it was just that feeling of feeling a little rusty and um, wanting to kind of further my own knowledge and then be able to tell staff about the kind of courses that are out there. And there's a huge wealth of different courses available. And I have to say that one at the Open University was really good and I, I would recommend it. And we now have another member of staff who's going to take part in that next year. And we've got some doing um, one member of staff doing a course through the Institut Francais. Um, but it was particularly good because it had a pedagogy element to it as two strands language learning and then pedagogy and so it was about how you teach languages which I found really useful as well so um, that was a really good um, and something I want to continue really in terms of capacity building for our our um, staff but like I said we have a keen staff so in the lockdown we were fortunate that um, they were very keen to take on extra training and things and a lot of them went on to language apps like Duolingo and things like that so um, very keen to kind of just promote the, um, their own professional learning. That, that, sounds, that sounds a really good thing to do because it is all about capacity building and it doesn't have to be um, just in, in one language either does it you know um, people might you know, want to do not just French, they might want to do Spanish or German or Italian. Um, and in terms of um, engaging pe pupils about language learning in your school, what, what types of activities do you do with them? As I said, um, from the very beginning, I think, you know, children in foundation phase nursery, it's all very much about through song is a very key way that we deliver language learning um, and so that's a big part of it um, but also um, not only through just the language learning um, and games and yard games and things like that so very kind of um, engaging sort of you know where you have you're participating in a fun way um, but really about trying to make cross-curricular links so you know trying to um, put little bits of languages you know into your PE lesson or into your art lesson because you're looking at colours or you're counting and things like that um, but particularly one way we found um, good to deliver kind of that 
what matters one statement in LL&C has been through the use of task that's thinking actively in a social context and that's more of an inquiry approach and we found that really useful in terms of learning about other cultures so children you know have been set a task and they it might be to go and find out how they uh, speak or greet each other in that in that country in a given country and they can present their work how they would like to so they can make a choice they could maybe do an interview they could do a guided tour they could do a poster they there's a, a, an element of creativity there which is why we like it and we've certainly found that that's a good way of children again enjoying and engaging with um Another example of that actually is from the lockdown. Um, again, we set a task for them um, in some year three and four children uh, were tasked with um, trying to create a game to teach um, the French language. And we had great results from that. We were really quite, really pleasantly surprised, you know. Um, and so they were learning the language, but without almost realising in some ways because they were focused on making their game and and it was a really creative, a really good way of them just experiencing that language and culture. And and it's absolutely right. This isn't just about uh, language per se, but it's it's about opening, um, you know, the, their experiences to other cultures as well. So that linguistic and cultural competency and develop, developing that it's uh, it's it's wonderful opportunity for your pupils and and in terms of you you said you you had some really good results out of that task um you set with the games and in terms of their learning do, do you do you see any sort of key impacts coming out of that you know you you you're early on in in the development of your learning journey have they started making links perhaps sort of through the different languages Yes, um, like you say, we're fairly early on, but at the same time, it's really lovely because you, you hear the children almost confusing between languages because they might say something, answer in Welsh when they were meant to, they were answering a question in French or so they're kind of like mixing them a lot more, whether intentionally or not. But also I know as a year six teacher, I had children who were spotting the cognates between the languages and they, they found that fascinating, you know, with the days of the week, comparing the Welsh, the, the French and and um, the English and they, they really quite liked then thinking about well where has that come from you know and, and they, they were inquisitive with it so I think the more you play with language the more you do get those little connections being made and and the more countries you learn about and visit they can con then compare them and they might say oh it's a bit like when we did when we learned about Christmas in Spain you know so there's um we are starting to see they, they just naturally make those links which is really lovely which is, of course, um, you know, it's it's a strand within um, what matters one, isn't it? About you know, um, making the connections and and links and developing those skills to to make them curious and confident language learners going forwards. So it sounds that it's all happening in in, in school. And and in terms of um, your next steps, um, you know, what are what what how do you see this going forward as a as a lead multilingual school? Well, I think um, one of the things that um, we really want to keep strengthening that language learning, particularly with our upper key stage two ch children and uh, get them more involved, hopefully as restrictions are lifted and things like that. But with 
teaching the younger children as well because one thing we found really successful has been our pupil voice elements. We have language ambassadors and, and they're very proactive and very keen and, and uh, they had so many ideas that they wanted to do in terms of maybe, you know, taking foundation phase out for a, a treasure hunt walk and, and then, you know, finding those things in the colours of a language or counting with them and yard games and things. And I think that's something that I'd like to see really start to happen once things are um, hopefully relaxed. And another thing is that we, we kind of want to also uh, strengthen the, the, the level of uh, language skill in, in year five and six, as well as so, you know, we've, we've got quite good with the learning languages in terms of oracy, but maybe working on more reading and writing as well, um, just in preparation for the secondary school. And they're quite keen for that, actually. They're quite up for it. Um, and. Another thing that um, couldn't happen was the we had planned an international languages event, a big celebration week. And I think now that we're a bit further down the line and the children are really um, enjoying it, it would be a really great celebration to have. So hopefully, you know, that's certainly on the action plan for uh, next uh, this year, hopefully in the summer, if not next academic year early on. So. That's, that's great. And um, you, you spoke a little bit there about um, the, the, the reading. I, I know that you actually, as a cluster last year, you did a project around um, the, uh, a book. Am I right? Yes, yes. The, the Very Hungry Caterpillar, Le Chenille Café de Trou. Um, and it was it was great. Um, we worked as a cluster to develop a scheme of work. We were aware that Key stage two staff, you know, asking them to do more French in the curriculum may feel a little bit, well, where do I start and what do I do? So we thought if we developed a resource for them to use that was consistent across the cluster and could be picked up then with the secondary school as well. So we we developed this resource around the book, The Hungry Caterpillar, and it's great because it's got the days of the week, it's got colours, it's got food, and um, we we kind of made it so that it was progressive with year three and four and five and six. So five and six could actually begin to uh, read it a little bit more and could innovate the story. And um, the idea was that then they would share their stories with a younger class at the end of the project. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get that far through before lockdown, but it was certainly a really good um, scheme that we will be using and, and continuing to develop. Oh, that sounds really, really sort of a great way, a sort of literacy project to begin together. And there's so much potential and spin-offs to that, isn't there? Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so um, you, Sarah, very kindly as well, shared a PowerPoint um, with sound files to go um, alongside this podcast as well. So um, people will be able to sort of see examples of what you're talking about here. But it's it's really helpful just to hear from your experience as somebody who's starting out on the international languages journey. And you seem to have done an awful lot in, in, in a short time. And to, for other schools who are starting out, um, what what three helpful tips could you give to a school that's sort of, you know, not started yet, but are thinking about it? You know, what advice can you give? 
Um, I, we have achieved quite a bit. I'm quite proud of what we've achieved. And I think it is between, you know, like I said, having all the staff involved and on board. So, you know, having that whole school approach is, is key. And um, one way that we did that really was um, through having an action plan as well. And I think that's quite a, a good thing as an LNC lead to have. Um, to have your own action plan, not only for LLNC, but a specific one for international languages, so that it doesn't get lost or squashed. It's actually got a you know really high priority, and um, and the, the the children, the language ambassadors were involved in creating those action points and delivering them. So that's another tip I would say is get the children involved have that pupil voice element and they will help to promote it and deliver it in the school and uh, their enthusiasm rubs off on the rest of the children and you know encouraging your staff to just have fun and, and have fun with languages and try and create that culture of it just being about hearing the hearing the languages in different ways from different people to create that culture that daily dripping tap we like to say of you know languages being embedded in in our school community so I think yeah an action plan the pupil voice and that whole school approach to it being fun and uh, a really positive thing to be engaging with. Oh, that's really great advice. And I did say that was my last question, but um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to recant on that, actually. <laughs> with, with your, you said about the whole, and of course, you know, the, with, with, the new, the, with the curriculum for Wales and the four purposes, it's the pupils who are driving um, the learning. I'm mean, just wondering, with your pupil, sort of, um, your, your pupil language ambassadors and the ideas, have, have you, have you um, taken them or have you taken advantage of any opportunities that are out there to develop them as 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 uh, language ambassadors at all yes we were really fortunate actually to be able to go um up to monmouth um to have some training with the comprehensive school there and that was a fantastic event and they came back buzzing from that event um just seeing how comprehensive schools use um languages and they had so many ideas then that they put together that they wanted to um, feed into our action plan so that was really fantastic and really you know just open their eyes to the fact that it's not just them doing it in isolation this is you know something that everybody is um, really keen to get on board with um, and also like I said just working with our um, feed our cluster and our feeder secondary school so the children went up and had language ambassador training as such up there with the language teacher from um Hildy and he took them and, and did a series of different workshops and things with them which again just boosted their confidence raised the profile and and gave it that added importance so those things have certainly helped in terms of them really feeling proud to be um, in that pupil voice group. Oh, Ben Degerdig, that's superb. So Dilchen Bauriau and Sarah this certainly sounds Sorry, as so. If your school is, you know, are certainly taking um, the St. Gladys pupils on that journey from, from the bilingual, or maybe in some case of children coming in um, more, they're already multilingual, but that's the part of the, the journey is taking them from bilingual to multilingual. So, Dilchen Fawr Yawn for sharing your experiences today. And, uh, yeah, I uh, it's Nadolik here at this, this moment in time, so I'm going to wish you uh, Nadolik Llawen a blwyddyn newydd dda. 
felly uh, Joyeux Noël et bonne année. Diolch yn bawr, Sarah. Croeso, lovely to speak with you, Seanad.